0: What's good guys? Ross Potter here and this is the RP Coaching Podcast where we'll talk about training, nutrition, mindset and everything in between. Created with you in mind, this podcast aims to educate and help you to tick those boxes daily. If you do enjoy the content, show me a little love, subscribe and share. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the RP Coaching Podcast, and today we welcome the 16-ounce corn-fed Philip Mignon, Mr. Joe Ballinger. Joe, welcome to the podcast.
1: I like that one. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure.
0: So, in the episode today, what I want to try and explore is the kind of highs and lows of being a coach in the industry in 2020. I want to highlight just how ineffective PT is um, when, when you do one session per week yeah. uh, from from a personal trainer. And I want to focus on why we should be looking to hire a coach, what, what the difference is between the two and how a respectful coach is all about results, not about the money. So, Joe, welcome. And firstly, let's kick off with a little bit of background. And um, you becoming British, European, and world powerlifting champion at the age of nineteen. How did you get into that?
1: Um, it was actually at school. So one of our rugby uh, tutors at the time, he basically was into bodybuilding and stuff, and he got onto the head teacher at the time about getting like his powerlifting club set up. Anyway, we got these grants and everything, we got loads of squat racks, deadlift bars, and then we, we kind of held these, like, it was quite funny, we did, like, um, almost trials to get in. Basically, if you're strong enough, you make the team, if you're not, get out. It's quite pretty cutthroat, to be fair, for school-level powerlifting. But from there, you know, that was, you know, a few of us who were already, already training at the time, already, you know, strong for our age, to say, um, and just went from there. We started training, getting into, like, how to lift properly, you know, being taught good technique, good form. Different training with different rep ranges and stuff like that, um, recovery, food, all that kind of stuff. So to learn about that stuff at that age was great. Um, and to be taught by somebody who knew what they were doing as well. And then obviously we went on to you know, compete, um, did pretty well. Like I said, was British European and world powerlifting champion at the age of 19, so the junior category. I uh, also broke a British deadlift record as well, which I think is being rebroken now, but I held it for held it for a period. So you know, I've uh, I've always loved my powerlifting, my deadlifting. Like uh, if any of you guys have followed me on Instagram, you see I, I just fucking love lifting heavy tin. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. We, we've seen the videos uh, snorting salts, <laughs> screaming. Uh,
1: yeah, no. It's,
0: uh, to be honest, it's motivating. It's good to see, and it's good to see someone so passionate about um, that the environment. And you know, obviously you've got your new range out. Uh, Fuck the stack, yes. which, which um, you know guys can check out. Will drop the social links at the end of the podcast but yeah it's just it's just good to see i mean i've followed you for a long time it's just been been interesting to kind of see your progression which is why i wanted to get you on the podcast um so we go from you being top dog at school sexy lifting big all the <laughs> girls all the girls flocking around you to i wish you, it was that nice <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, getting into <laughs> uh, bodybuilding at the age of 21 winning your first show um at the age of 24.
1: Yeah so just got into it um I did well, I did my first show at 24 I didn't really know what to expect my, it was my partner I was with at the time she actually pushed me to do this show and was like God, I think you would be good at this and I was like what walking around on the stage in a pair of pants and now if I can love it <laughs> um, but yeah no, so I started out there won my first show and I think winning first show is obviously a great thing because it just it just gave me. A- you know, fire up my ass, I was Like this is sick, really enjoyed it, and just went from there, and I just really found the passion, really got into the, you know, the side of training, where, you know, it was log booking my lifts, um, you know, at that point, I was following people like Jordan, and stuff like that, and, uh, you know, stronger people, just really trying to gauge my experience, improve my knowledge, learn from other people at the gym, and that's kind of where the love for just progress, I guess, began, and then from there, I think I, I did... I don't know how many shows I've done now probably I wouldn't even like to say without thinking about it maybe 15 15 20 shows something like that and I've competed, um, competed internationally abroad a few times as well and then like I say in more recent years uh, moved over to the IFBB whilst looking to um, win an IFBB pro card that's the ultimate goal now um, I did uh, classic physique in 2018 the cut for that was horrific like disgusting but we made it. Took third at the amateur Olympic, which is great. Um, and then after that, they, Jordan was coaching me at this point, and it was hard to. Well, I wouldn't have made that weight again, no chance. So I. Yeah, no,
0: I um, I listened. I listened to that podcast the other day that you did, um, with the yeah. was it the Bash Bros and um, the three hours cardio and uh, under yeah. sub, sub yeah.
1: one thousand calories. Yeah, horrific times. Horrific times. It was. Um, it was. Uh, character building to say to say the least but like I said you know it, it's good to know how far you really can push your body um, how far you can take things and it's that's why I always say to any of my clients like I don't think I'm telling you to do anything I've not done myself and I also won't push people to the limit that I think is actually unattainable or unachievable or just fucking stupid because yeah. I've done I've done it I've been there and I pushed myself to limits whereby I couldn't physically function on a day-to-day basis from a work perspective, I had to stop work. Um, relationship broke down. Um, I couldn't even hold, you know, normal social situation. Stuff yeah, like yeah. That. This isn't me bitching, by the way, at all. This is me just being real, saying how it is, you know. Um, so yeah, I, think, I'm,
0: I think a lot of people go into the the kind of fitness world thinking that you know what they see on Instagram and all this sort of stuff and the shreds, let's call it the shred life. Yeah. Um, it is easily achieved. I've been there before. Uh, obviously, I've, I've done a prep, I've won a show and I've been to the British finals. And whilst it wasn't two weeks um, of three hours cardio, I did three or four days and uh, it, I, there's no other way to describe it, but hell on earth. I think the big, the big realisation for me was the padding on the bottom of your feet just disappears. Walking, yeah. I, think, I think I had a bath, like anyone knows me knows I love the bath. I couldn't lie in the bath because I could just feel my spine. Uh,
1: it, <laughs> yeah, against the bath, just the yeah. You know, spinal. you
0: know. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It, you it. Know, I was I was putting on boxes and they were falling off. So yeah. again, a good point you 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 brought up there was that you're not telling your clients to do these things that you haven't already done. And I think one big thing I focus on is when my client comes in or they come in for a session and they moan to me and they say, "Oh, you know, I just." i got up late, or it's just a little too hard. I'm like, honestly, the shit you're doing now is so goddamn easy.
1: So easy. Yeah, man. I get clients who are like, I don't know, 3,500 calories, eight, nine weeks out, checking in. Uh, Feeling a bit tired this week, bro. I'm like, mate, fucking man up. (laughs) Bro, it's only going to get up. 3,500 calories. Yeah, My, carbohydrates still five hundred. <laughs> yeah, like stuff like that. I mean, but a lot of this, like on a real, like I, I am um, sympathetic is not the word, but I'm very uh, empathetic. Like I take into consideration people's thoughts and feelings. Um, I know everybody's different, so you need to react differently with some clients. Some clients you can just be like, bang, fucking get it done. Some people need a little bit more. Um, uh, coerciveness, maybe you know a little bit more support to get to, to get them over the line and I think understanding that from a almost like a psychology perspective is really important as a coach to be able to almost mold yourself to other people's to, to get the best out of them and i've learned that a lot over the years you can't just approach everybody with one single track mind um, because it just it won't work like that i mean i'm not saying I change as a person because i don't but potentially my approach from a coaching perspective might alter from person
0: to person yeah, 100% 100% i think experience plays a massive part there um you know i i started off and and this is one big thing i want to kind of differentiate is the the difference between the personal trainer versus the coach and i know you've been a personal trainer i've done the same but i don't class myself as a personal trainer i feel i feel the days of the personal trainer are dying out because when you look at the, the amount of work that goes into each and every client, you cannot, I don't care who says otherwise, you cannot get a result from one leg session a week where you chat shit, talk about the weekend, you change over 40 quid and then there's no contact from the Thursday at 12 when you did legs to the next Thursday at 12 when you do legs again.
1: Now, I fully agree with you. And this is where my business model differed from every single other business model in the gym. When I was PT, I only stopped PTing year, not even a year ago, half, half a year ago, something like that. Um, if that, to be fair, I was starting to bring it down. And so as a motorbike going past, I loud. that. Yeah. Um, and basically, the way I sold my PT was exactly the way we just said. I was like you cannot expect to come to me and get good results no matter what program i give you if we're just doing one one session a week you know we just, i could kill you in that hour and like to be fair i did kill people smash people up. <laughs> that's, you know, that's best, bit, best bit of the job isn't it <laughs> obviously you know not to death nearly um but yeah so you know i'd get um i said to people you know it doesn't matter how hard you you want to work in that hour i I need to know what you're doing every other hour outside of the hour that we're, we're working because you could be eating what you want. You could be training one more time a week, zero more times a week, but one, two sessions a week isn't going to be enough. So for me, what you need, what I did was, uh, this is where I started to link in on the online coaching with the personal training aspect. I was like, look, if you come on with me, um, we'll do one or two sessions a week, but also I'm going to do the rest of your program. When we do your nutrition, you're going to check in with me outside of um our pt session because i don't want to waste time checking in when we're pt and i was like that session is for training we're here to train you turn up you, warm up you, we train we've done um so that's when i kind of i merged online and um pt together obviously i charge more for that service because i'm giving more of a service myself so that they, they i wouldn't also charge it by the hour everyone's always like oh, how much you charge so i don't charge by the hour i charge by the month because you get me 24 7 365 you don't just get me for the one hour on a Monday morning like you said or whatever it is and then we don't speak again to the next week because like, you can message me whenever you want you can message me every day we definitely have a check-in at least once a week um, and and the main part about that is is the accountability factor is holding them accountable to sticking to their diet and making sure they're training outside of when we're training um, and then basically the one PT session a week is purely just so I can make sure their training, you know, their training intensity is on point. Their the form is on point. They can ask me questions about the program, like how do I do this, how do I do that, and the session is more of just, uh, you know, all those things really, just making sure they're actually killing their training, and everything else is holding them accountable to uh, sticking to the plan, for the rest of the time, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's one big thing I've bumped into is the the amount of inquiries that I get on a day-to-day basis. Oh, you know, I just want to do PT. And there's always that kind of what's your prices? And it, people people don't start off a conversation as a coach. Generally, you don't get a message saying, Hi Ross or Hi Joe, could you how can you help me? How can you help me to get to where I want to go? The the first question, hi, what are your prices? Yeah. How much am I gonna have to spend? And and this is one big thing that I've said for years and I've learned and, uh, and I've picked up over the over the years is if you genuinely want the result, the first question you're asking is not how much, it's how much can I take from you as a coach, experience, knowledge, diet, training, nutrition. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the end of the day, like I say to my clients, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, I want to go underground knowing that you you're crack on. You know how to do your
1: diet. 100%. That's one thing I say to all my clients as well. Like, when I have the consultation call with them, I'm always like, listen, I know, I'm under no illusion that we're going to be working together for the rest of our lives. There's going to be a point where we stop working together. And I want that point, at that point for you to say, we had a great run, I learned a lot from Joe, and I'm going to be able to utilise all that information and, and, and work together on my own moving forwards and utilise it in, you know, my own training, my own nutrition, um, my own mindset, all that kind of stuff. And I want them all to be able to, You know, at some point when we start working together to be able to say that, you know, I can take so much more than just, I look great. It's kind of more like the reasons why, uh, what did we actually do? How can I utilize the different training approaches, the different nutritional strategies and use it myself, you know, try and teach them why, you know, I do things like I do a weekly Zoom call with my clients and I'll teach them something either educational or motivational or do a presentation on, you know, I've recently done sleep, uh, you know, different supplements. Um, training intensity, commitment, consistency, all of the you know, presentations about all this different stuff so that every week they're getting new nuggets of information that they can take away and utilise for their own life. You know? And then hopefully yeah, that will all be very, very usable um, in life. For cool them. I
0: think, again, it just comes down to that service. And, and this, is the big, this is the big difference between the personal trainer and the coach is that service what are you actually getting for your money? I mean, it was only at the start of lockdown. I had one girl join me who'd been training with i uh, I'll put it in uh, exclamation marks, a personal trainer yeah. um, and hadn't got anywhere. He just told her to eat 1200, 1400 calories. And there was, there was no check-in. There was no diet plan. There was no training plan. It was just, you know, yeah, you need to get, in shape. Here's what you need to do. And um, anyway, I took her on as a client. And this trainer, after about six, seven weeks, then messaged the girl and said, like, how dare you swap coaches? You've gone behind my back. And, and this, is, this is, to everybody listening, this is the sort of industry we're in. It is cutthroat and it is dog eat dog. And the, and the moment you lose the focus and you, the moment you stop giving the attention to that client, people move on. And people always look for a better service. Now, it's one of those things that I mean. There's a great quote: "If you pay for, um, if you think it's expensive to hire um, an amateur, um, no, sorry, if you think it's expensive to hire a pro, wait until you hire an amateur."
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it couldn't be more true. It really couldn't be more true. So, I just want to kind of move on, and I, I want to discuss what in your eyes makes a good coach? Like what do you kind of push forward and, and what is it that you specialize in that you believe makes a good coach?
1: So I think generally one of the biggest things is, or I'll talk from my own personal experiences, I'm very much a people person. Like I said, I like to understand people and get to know people so that I can treat them in the way they need to be treated so that I can get the best results out of them. Like I said, some people need to be pushed, some people need to be pulled. It needs, you need to know when to push and pull different people. Um, so I think personally having, being able to build a good, I call it a personal slash professional relationship with my clients. So I always want them to feel, and I've been in a position before where I've had a coach and I feel like I can't message them, or if I do, I'm gonna annoy them, you know? And I, I would hate, hate for my clients to feel like that. So I make it very, very clear, that they can message me whenever they want within reason, <laughs> not only midnight calls and shit. Yeah. Um, but within so reason, the, the, um, drunk, the drunk message
0: at 3am with the news. Yeah,
1: you know you know. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I want them to see me as, see me as their coach, but also see me as their friend. Because I feel like when you have that relationship with a the client, there's a level of mutual respect there that you don't want to let each other down. And for me, I just want to get, good results out of people and when i get a message from someone saying joe you really helped me change my life we've done we've achieved x y and z i'm going on holiday next week i'm in a great position i feel comfortable to take my top off in front of my wife and kids that shit motivates the hell out of me i love that you know and then obviously you've got your transformation pictures you can see x x to y you know um, before and after um pictures and that again is just like holy shit I'd help this person achieve that. And obviously a lot of the time when you post a transformation picture, it's just a picture. And I, I do try and put a lot about the, the journey, but sometimes more of the journey is just between you and the client. And you, you, you know that between the two of you. And sometimes you don't talk about everything that's happened because a lot of the stuff that has happened along the way, you know, is personal um, to them. And I like to be a coach whereby they feel like they can talk to me on a personal perspective, a personal basis, sorry. And talk to me about, you know, I, I don't class myself as a psychologist or, or uh, you know, counselor or anything like that, but I know how it is when you don't have anyone else to talk to about certain things. And um, some people take that up, some people don't, but I like to be a coach that can offer that type of service in terms of support. Like, obviously, it's a given that we're going to be able to provide an appropriate training program and appropriate. Actually, it's not a given because some people don't necessarily do that or maybe a copy and paste plan out there but i'm talking about you know good coaches um that take time to take into consideration the needs wants requirements of um their clients you know even down to stuff like what kit do you have um that's obviously important you can't write a program for someone if you don't know what kit they have so some of the programs i've written over lockdown are actually comical based on uh, the kit that people yeah. have Uh,
0: what's with the cat (laughs) lift the dining room chair
1: oh mate it's jokes but yeah i I think what for me um describes a good coach is somebody whereby your client can feel comfortable enough to tell you anything any struggles that they have because a lot of the time people you know shit gets hard dieting's hard it's not fucking easy and a lot of the time you know somebody might cheat on their diet and then they don't tell you and then they check in and then you get people to start lying to you on check-ins. And I feel like if you got that, if you end up with that relationship with your clients, you're never gonna get results. You want it to be whereby someone fucks up on their diet, they tell you straight away because they trust you that you're gonna be understanding about it. you I know, mean, obviously I'm, I will, will try and get to the bottom of why they did it rather than be like, oh fuck sake mate, why have you, why have you done this? You, know, you don't want it bad enough. That's not, for me, that's not the right way to approach it. Yes, maybe if you're competing, it's a different story because we have, you know, black and white. you kind of need to be on plan, sort of thing. However, I still will um, delve into certain reasons and, and why people do certain things because it's important to understand why. Because if you understand why, you can then potentially get to the to the root of the cause and try and address it. Um, a lot of the time, it will be down to, you know, it won't even be anything to do with the program. It will be stress at work. It will be stress at home. It will be relationship issues. And then they tell you about that. And then obviously I'm not in a position to offer advice on that, but I can offer support um, and maybe sometimes just some rational comments on why they've acted certain ways and and stuff like that. And a lot of the time, my own experience, which has been potentially similar along the way and and ways in which I've then um, gotten out of certain situations. you know. So I think just being able to offer a, a decent level of support to people as well as obviously good service is really important
0: yeah a hundred percent and one you know one big thing you you hit i mean you really hit the nail on the head um when you 're saying you being being a coach is is more like to me it 's more like a life coach it's being there when family members aren 't you know a, a lot of clients these days i 've talked about this in other podcasts is the constant battle between friends and family and their their constant pressure to to make you kind of adhere to a a socially accepted plan, so to speak, to fit in, to drink. Oh, you know, why you why are you drinking that? Why are you eating out of Tupperware? Um and I think a lot of that when the client can message you and say, Joe, Ross, I'm really struggling with my, my partner, they don't understand. Because they're talking to someone who it lives the industry, breathes the industry, most importantly has been through it. I think there's a sense of, okay, I can get a weight off my chest. I can talk to someone quite freely, quite openly. And the advice I'm getting back, like you said, I've had this with a lot of my clients. The check-in's not good enough or you know, they text you and say, yeah, I've had a bottle of wine. I just say my first response is I'm not here to tell you off. I'm not your dad. I'm not here to have an argument. I'm not here to shout at you and say, why, why have you fucked up? Because we're all human. You know, it, it, you've been there. I've been there small blips on the plan. What you need there is the support like you've just mentioned. And the same way that you do. Um, I'm, I'm a great believer in making sure I sit down with our client and saying to them, where do we go from here? Like you've said, why have you done it?
1: Yeah, put the ball in their court, don't you? And you ask them, yeah. make sure you're kind of asking them their reasons why. Yeah, yeah, get them yeah. to go back yeah. to why they started the programme in the first place. What are their reasons why? Where do you want to get there? Why do you want to get there? Um, and then they kind of answer themselves and, they, and you kind of don't need to have to say anything because they'll say it themselves. More often than not, I'll I'll get people on a call um, to, to cover this stuff. So we'll message a little bit and then if I can see that we need to have a phone call, I'll phone call, phone call them up and then just have a, like, a little chat always super like informal you know friendly and i think just like you say just get them to question not question themselves but question why it is that one they did the bad thing or whatever because then you can get to the root cause of it and address it and two again question why they're on the program what do they want to achieve what are their reasons for doing it and then they kind of just kind of get themselves back in a good headspace again. Oh, actually, yeah, no, I, I do want to do this. I don't want to let myself down. I'm doing this for X, Y reasons, whatever. You know?
0: yeah, I think, I think that's one big thing, you know, whether you're you know, if you're listening and you are thinking about hiring a coach, whether it is me, Joe, and again, as I've said always, this is not a sales pitch. This is not trying to pick up clients. Whoever you're going to use, do your research, do your history and do your homework because there's no point jumping on the bandwagon with um, the, the the Instagram influencers, a hundred thousand whatever followers, who and I always say this uh, have sucked a dick on Love Island and now <laughs> and, are, and are now PTs and online coaches because yeah. you, you know there's there's nothing that you can gain from that. There's no experience. There's there's no proof of them ever having done a transformation. There's no proof that they've ever gone through a transformation um now if you're gonna if you're gonna hire a coach there's a few things that that i personally would be looking and i'd be saying right what what's the what's the service like have they got back to me i'm not talking about like a response within five minutes because that's unrealistic um if if you're a good coach and you're busy all day you know it's impossible to get back to someone within three and a half seconds
1: um set time periods throughout the day that I'll pick up my work phone and reply to people and that for me helps like that's like a system that I use otherwise as a coach as you all know you're always on your phone you're always on it and then you get you fucking get anxiety because you never get to stop work so for me as I got busier it was very important for me to put systems in place so that I can look after number one myself because if I can't look after myself how am I going to look after you know x amount of clients you know you need to be able to have set times to do work set times to do things and that's important to have that if you don't have that which i didn't before but obviously that's an evolution of coaching it's an evolution of business and it's an investment i've made into you know other business coaches who have taught me loads about business and how to you know hold myself as a business and business owner and like having systems in a business is probably the most important thing i would say to be able to scale to be able to scale and continue to hold a good service that's the best that's the the most important thing no point scaling business if you can't continue to offer the same service that you do with five clients you know if you've got 50 clients great you're earning good money but if you can't serve them like you can serve five clients your churn rate's going to be super high, your retention rate's going be shit, and at the end of the day, that's probably just going to give you more anxiety than you even even wish to care for anyway, because you're like, oh, why do they keep leaving me? And then you know why, because your service isn't good, but your systems aren't good enough for you to be able to handle that volume of clients.
0: Yeah, this this is one big thing I find with a lot of clients that come to me who have tried what I call the cookie cutter plan, the Instagram plan, and... Let, I'm going to take Joe Wicks as a prime example. This guy obviously springs out of nowhere. I think in, in the bodybuilding world, in the industry, he's kind of disliked by a lot. I appreciate he's done incredibly well, but the basics and the fundamentals, I mean, it's so, so basic when, when you compare it to, to what us guys do. But, you know, when people sign up, let's say to Joe Wicks online, They genuinely believe that Joe Wicks is sat behind the computer typing and creating their personalized plan. And I'm saying you do you do realize this guy turns over X amount of million pounds a week. Do you think Joe Wicks is sat behind the computer talking to you right now? No, it's a generic plan. He he doesn't know you've signed up. He hasn't got a clue that you're struggling Like, and and this is the big difference between having a coach who genuinely wants to help you rather than someone who's made millions from
1: marketing. Yeah, Um, I mean, he's clearly set up a very successful business model, which I guess because it's a generic plan, it will work on some degree of level for a lot of people who just need to do something. You know, I I would say a lower level of, um, you know, your your grassroots people, whatever, you know, sally from down the road do you know what i mean if she followed joe's plan she's probably going to get results because she's doing something of course as, like, as you get through to more let's say higher end coaching more specific coaching like you potentially do that kind of stuff wouldn't wouldn't cut it of course because you need to specifically consult each client we need to understand the wants needs requirements as i said earlier about each client which is going to differ from person to person you know they might have it's important to understand things like Foods they don't like, foods they dislike, things they're allergic to, uh, injuries that they have, you know. And with a generic plan, it's not going to take into consideration that. It's going to give you a training program based on, I don't know, whatever. And you might not be able to do back squats because you've got a bad back, but it's going to have back squats in there because it's a generic plan. Do you know what I mean? So obviously, but that's the difference in between, you know, you get what you pay for sort of thing as well, you know, obviously with a a more specific coaching service like we, we we supply. Yes. We're going to probably charge more than someone who's charging a generic plan. But like you said earlier, you know, what was it pay for, pay for a pro. You think you're spending a lot, but then pay yeah. for an amateur. Yeah. yeah. And it's 10 times over cause you're going to keep buying these plans that are not specific to you and having something specific to you is so important because it takes into consideration your strengths or weaknesses or goals, you know, future, past injuries all that kind of stuff and that's so important to be able to get the most out of somebody and then obviously you get like you said the interaction from us as a coach as well the accountability the motivation um all that kind of stuff and um that's just so important i personally believe to get the most out of someone and, and actually one of the one of the great things i've done recently is create um like a community vibe with all my clients and i've brought all my clients together in a private members facebook group uh, where i'll share different uh, information videos motivational stuff blah blah whatever in there uh, we've also got i've also got a, a whatsapp group as well where everybody's in there that's super interactive really really engaging and that again that just offers that second level of accountability like I, I obviously you know we as the coaches work one-to-one closely with every single coach on a one-to-one level and i offer high level of one-to-one accountability however when they're in the group there's that secondary level of accountability you know i get them to put their wins in there um they chat to each other you know they put in different motivational stuff and it's kind of when you're in that situation you don't want to be the one who's who lets the side down you know it's like oh team jb i want to be you know one of the good clients you know what i mean you know not that i have bad clients but it's uh it's like a mindset thing do you know what i mean and that's it's,
0: uh, it's a community you know it's a community everybody wants to feel part of something um you know i've i've done it i've done the I've not done the, the, the community group, but I have various groups and I have, you know, different academies running all these sorts of things. And, yeah, I think that's one big thing that is a beneficial um, is beneficial for, for anyone, because if you're struggling or let's say you can't get to your phone right away and, and one of the guys or whatnot puts, you know, I'm struggling with X, Y, Z and there's six other guys that say, do you know what, mate, you can do it. Come on, pull your finger out
1: there's 10 people put stuff in the so more often than not they'll either message me specifically or quite often now they put stuff in the group like a question that they would normally ask me put it in the group because they'll get my response but they'll also get the response of everybody else in the group and it also creates that level of like like you said community and they all want to help and support each other you know they'll you know quite a few guys competing. they're like oh we'll come to your show and it's just again from a coaching perspective that also are also going to help with retention rate as well, because when people feel part of something, they don't want to leave it because they're part of a movement, part of a family sort of thing. And they also obviously get the one-to-one side of things as well. And if you're providing a good service there and they're getting results, why would somebody leave? You know, it's helping them from a phys- physical perspective, but also from a mental and a mindset perspective as well, because it's keeping them involved in something, which I think is so important.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I want, to, I want to kind of move on slightly and I want to talk about the, the level of service and more importantly, the sacrifices that us coaches make. So you get an inquiry and you tell someone your prices and they disappear or, oh, that's far too expensive. How can you possibly justify five, six, seven hundred pounds? How can you justify it? Well, this is one big thing that very rarely gets talked about is the amount of groundwork, the effort, the hours that go in behind the scenes. Um, I mean, we were just talking about this briefly before we um, hit record, but it's the long hours, the late nights, the check-ins. And I think to sum up being a coach, it's come in seconds to everybody else. And somebody always, every second of the day wants something from you. Not in a bad way, not in a bad way. Um, but, but, But somebody is always wanting something can i do this can i have that oh i've just fucked up on my plan um it's one big thing i want to kind of bring to light um h- how have you kind of dealt with that how do you find that you cope with having to be on your phone 24 7 like how, how do you how does that work for you
1: i would say the best thing i did over there is get a work phone <laughs> split it so i had it all initially one phone and then it was very hard to split personal and business and things would get jumbled and basically just from a coaching perspective you you know you can't get away from it then whereas now I've split everything onto a work phone and it's very easy for me to just go put the phone down and that's really important I think from from a my from my own mentality perspective to be able to do that to switch off from it to have hours in the day where I'm working hours in the day where I'm relaxing or I'm going to the gym and it works off for that time. Because if you're always on it, you're in a reactive state. If you're in a reactive state, there's new levels of service is probably going to be, you might, someone might ask you something and it might piss you off and you might Your reactive state is going to probably not give a good enough answer to your, you know, normal state where you're working. When you're working, you take into consideration everything that's being said and you respond appropriately. Whereas if you're always on the move, on the go, you may not give um, probably your most appropriate or best um, answer. So for me, setting setting times aside to do work, setting times to do my check-ins, setting times to be um, responsive to my clients has been so important for me. Like when I just had it all, when I was just kind of being responsive, reactive shall we say it's you feel like you're non-stop you feel like you ne- feel like you're always working then it becomes I don't want to say it becomes a chore because it doesn't but what I mean that you understand what I mean by that don't you it's becomes like.
0: Yes, I mean yeah I'm in the same boat and this is something that you know your family pick up on and, and my partner picks up on it you know oh, are you are on your phone again you're always on your phone I'm like it genuinely I'm, I'm not I'm not messaging other girls I'm not you know yeah. I'm not on <laughs> Tinder or grinder, or whatever you know. Um, I, I'm just responding to Margaret who wants to have some carbs. <laughs> um, yeah, and for me, you know, like you've just said, it's very easy to get sucked in because I'll finish. I mean, take example for yesterday, I had seven clients, and by the end of the day, I'm still not switched off. So I finish at nine and I've got four, five, six messages. I'm like, yeah, I'll just quickly respond, but those quick responses turn into half an hour. Mm-hmm. And then I've lost half an hour. and I'm like, oh, okay. Even though I'm still delivering the same quality of service, mentally I'm like, Christ, I get to 10 o'clock. Oh, my days. I'm drained. And that's, that's just one of those things that the client can't see. They don't see the day you've had. Oh, you're a coach. You make good money. You drive an AMG. While we're on the topic, welcome to the AMG club. Um,
1: <laughs> Which one do you have? Like?
0: Uh, C sixty three
1: AMG. Nice. Love that. Me too. uh, Say again. (laughs) Me too. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: But um, yeah, you know, they see the kind of I guess you could call it. Yeah, it's it's a good standard. It's a good standard of living. But like we've discussed, there is a massive sacrifice that goes with it. There isn't any point of the day when you are genuinely not going.
1: Oh, I've got a plan to do or. Always, 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 always. One, one thing from my perspective, I've has helped me shift is that understanding that work never ends. Like you never finish all your jobs and it's like, "Oh, let's wait for the next one." That never, never happens. That does not happen. So I think understanding that is is really helped me to to be productive, to plan ahead, and like I try and plan like on a Sunday or Saturday or Sunday, I'll plan my week like roughly, and then. Each night before each day, I try and plan the day. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll fill out my calendar. I'll book in any calls that I have. I'll be like, you know, between next, this time and this time, I'm doing um, replying to clients, or between this time, I'm writing plans for Ben and Joe or whatever it is, you know, and Pete. And you know, I'll get them done in that time. But also, one thing to note is that when I do plan stuff for times, if I don't finish it in that time, I'll move on to the next thing. Otherwise you're always chasing jobs, if that makes sense. So that's yeah. really important. Time management and organisation has been very, very, very important, the busier that I've got, definitely.
0: Yeah, I, you know, for me, again, it's because you're self-employed, and this is a big thing, you, you know, if you work for a company, the moment you finish work, you go home, you switch off, done, job done. You can sit down, feed the dog, whatever. Now, when you're self-employed, like you've just said, it never, ever ends. And this is one big thing that people... <laughs> all you know, my clients are listening and stuff. It never ends because you finished your plans. Then you've got to go and train. You've got to eat, you know, in your case X a thousand amount of calories. You've got to prep your supplements. You've got to find time to update your social, not only your personal social, but then you've got to do a business social. Mm. Then you've got to do your check-ins. Then you've got a response. Then you've got to, you know, it, it, it's like a constant evolving, um, Process and I, I think genuinely that's what differentiates the the good quality um, service the the, the top um, industry experts shall we say the, the the industry pros compared to every Tom Dick and Harry who just wants to become a personal trainer so they can put it on their Tinder bio and try and try and pick up you know. Absolutely.
1: So true. I think I think as well that lockdown has, has shown a lot. A lot of people have tried to move into into online coaching and realised it's actually not as easy as it looks. Yeah. Like maybe we make it look easy, but it's fucking not. It's really hard. It's uh, you know, it, but in a good way. It's so rewarding. Like we said, like I love my job, man. I love helping people. And I love getting those messages of Joe, you've helped me do this, and and I'd like to think all my clients would would say the same about me. Um, that that what I just said reflects my actual behavior and my characteristics from the way I went to a coach because I just genuinely care. All I want for people is to be, for them to be better. And if anyone ever needs more, I'm always there. You know, if they, if they want to message me and say, Joe, I need, you know, I'm struggling with this, can we have a call? Of course they can. Can we jump on Skype, whatever? Yes, you know, we're not going to charge you extra for that or anything like that, you know, because hey. I, want, I want the best for them, you know, and at the end of the day, it's in my best interests. So for, for them to get results as a coach, you know. And, and you, again,
0: yeah, this is what I say to my clients. I'm saying the reason I need you to get a result is because you will effectively bring me more business. Um, you go out, you you talk to your school mums or you go into the office and you've dropped X amount of weight and your beach pictures come in, you look incredible. Straight oh my god, how did you do that? Who did you use? So straight away it's within my best interest. I'm not I'm not in it for thirty quid an hour, like I did that. I've been there. You've been there. We've done it. Everyone has to start somewhere. And it might sound a little bit controversial, but I'm pleased. I'm glad that lockdown happened because I see it as a good thing that the industry is now rid of, I would say at least 30, 40% of cowboy trainers who, who worked in gyms, who had very little clients, Who would put on their Instagram story? Yeah, just done fifteen sessions in a day, Um, back to back. So busy, (laughs) you know. They're gone.
1: Never have done that. Max I ever did was like five or six, and I was knackered. (laughs) This
0: this is one of those other things in the industry. Like, I'm sitting there, and, and we see it all the time. Like some rookie cowboy trainer who puts on these stories, you know, I'm so busy, I've had 46 clients today, and I've still managed to train, and they're getting good service. I'm like, it doesn't happen. It, it just couldn't be further from the truth. So yeah, I just think it's important when, you, when you're looking at coaching to kind of understand where the coach is coming from. Are they after money? Are they in it for the right reasons, which I guess we could say is the underlying theme of the issue or the, the episode is your coach in it for the right
1: reasons. It's, mate, it's so true. And there's so many coaches and it's, it's highlighted to me a lot of people over lockdown who are potentially just in it for, for money. Cause you can see the way in which people market themselves and it just, I don't know, some, some things just don't sit right with me. You know, I think if you genuinely care what your, your, your best, your best advert is your social proof, is your transformations. Showing what you can do as a coach. It's not posting pictures of yourself saying, hey, come and look like me. So I've got more sales going yeah,
0: on. I, I thought they were come to pick you up, mate, because you're in it for <laughs> the money.
1: <laughs> nice smelly chat. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, do you know what I mean? And it's, uh, I feel like, like I said, when you post on social media and stuff like that, I just try and be me and as genuine as I possibly can so that when people speak to me it's like oh that is actually him and i've you know i've got a lot of um a lot of business as well through being sponsored through the J- train by jp um site and stuff like that too where people people have seen me via that seen how i come across on the logs found me on instagram and then it's like oh i feel like i can relate to you as a person because you know i'm quite different to some of the other guys personality wise you know we all, we all share the same thought processes and ethics to training and stuff but personality wise can be quite different and that's another thing like I feel like yeah someone might get results but do you get on with that person do you feel like you vibe with that person and this is the reason why I, I call everyone before I sign any client up or have a phone call with every single person because one I want to feel like they can get on with me two I want to feel like I can get on with them if I don't vibe with that person I'm not going to take them on as a client I'm not going to I don't, need, I don't need your money. Like, that's not, that's not you know, obviously it's a job. Obviously, you do need money at some point. But I don't need that money more so than I want a client that's going to, we're not going to get on, we're not going to vibe. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, to have one bad egg in the crew is going to hold you back so much time and it's going to stop you from delivering a good service for your other clients. So, um, not necessarily a bad egg, but just somebody that you don't vibe with, somebody that you yeah. don't get on with. I feel okay. like I'll say, You know, yeah,
0: of course. Um, I've even turned clients away in the past. I've said, you know what? I personally don't feel I can help you in the way that I'd like to, and that that again, that's a massive that's a massive factor because if I'm willing to turn someone away, like you've just said, I'm clearly not in it for the money. I'm genuinely looking for you to get the best result. And if if I find there's a coach better suited, I'll go. Do you know what? if you want a cutthroat approach or you want to be you want to be handheld and you want your coach to wipe your bum and which is what some of these guys expect i'm like great i can't do that because i'm not qualified in in sponge baths and and all that sort of stuff <laughs> but uh i know a
1: coach who can help so i've done, I've done that numerous times numerous times There's, what you're every, giving you sponge baths <laughs> every, every day bro <laughs> i get them to come around it's i mean it's an extra service but you yeah. know oh well, how I'd, I'd be interested so <laughs> <laughs> you can get free but <laughs> no, seriously though like i I've, I've turned people not turned people away but said look i think you should go to x person or whatever because i think they'd be more suited to you and your approach and i've said to people before i personally don't feel like you're ready to invest in yourself yet not not necessarily financially but you're not ready to step up to the level that i require you to step up to to do the program with me, so you know when you're ready, maybe come back to me in six months and we can potentially have another chat. But right now, I don't think you're ready.
0: Yeah, and again, that just stems back to why are they joining you? Are they joining you for the right reasons? I've had so many people that have said, "Yeah, I'm in it. I'm ready." They've seen an Instagram post and they're like, "Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go." And then three weeks into the plan, you you just get ghosted. I'm like, "Yeah, you do know your direct debits still rolling, and I've not heard from you since 2012." It's like. <laughs> You know um, but yeah, I just just to sum it up, I mean, is there anything else you want to kind of add? Um, for me, it's just stressing the importance of being respectful to your coach, and I guess realizing that if you're lying in your check-ins and if you're kind of not honest from the very first consultation, um, you, you're kind of setting yourself up for, for failure.
1: Oh, true man I, I like when i consult everybody i'll send everybody my type form and i ex- i can always tell the kind of clients because most people fill it out nice and detailed when people fill it out with one words i'm already like nah, like it's not going to work because you're not putting effort into fucking filling out form for me where i've asked you some simple questions so you're not going to be putting effort into when i'm asking you to do you know hack what's a failure like you're not going to do it it's not going to do it so you know you know this this but that's cool. Like, that's absolutely cool. I don't expect everybody to be that way. And not everybody's wired up like I am. And I don't expect everybody to be. But I will try and instill as much as I can into my clients. But I need to know that they're invested. And that's why I do the forms, do the calls. And I'll, I'll dig deep into their reasons why. You know, I ask quite, not leading questions, but I ask questions where I try and get personal information from them as to why, you know, reasons why. And more often, not everybody has some kind of personal reason as to why they want to do something. And if we can, and I, I, don't mean to, I don't mean to sound like I use that to make the sale, but I use that to make them realize how important it is for them to jump on the program. And that is really, really important thing to, to understand um, that I want to help them use that to become a better person, both physically and mentally. Because a lot of the time it comes down to confidence issues, um, self-awareness issues all that kind of stuff that I know I can help them improve and that's why I feel like then I have a duty to get them on the program to help them work through it and to become a better person not necessarily a better person but to improve the situation that they're in both physically and mentally yeah
0: yeah I think it's important because like you say when when um that client checks in six weeks and they've fallen off the wagon they've had a really rocky week you can you can sit down and say why, why are we doing this? And I'm sure somewhere along the line they've probably forgotten it because most people, you know, they, they forget to eat their own dinner or whatever, but yeah. at least you can go back to them and say, Let's, I'll give you that call. Think about why we started because you're, you're borderline type 2 diabetic, you're, you're borderline heart attack. You want to be around for your kids. You want to play football. And as soon as there's – an, if you link an emotion to a belief or – let's say, um, a desire. I want to get fit because of a family or X, Y, Z. If there's an emotion linked to it, it becomes 10 times stronger.
1: 10 it's more powerful, yeah. Fully agreed with that. And that's what we need, I think we need as coaches need to make people realise. Because when they realise that, it just it helps with their adherence, it helps with their accountability, it helps with their just generally being good on plan. Yeah. You can make them question themselves when they go to get the cookie out of the cookie jar. They're like, oh, actually... I've got an emotional um, attachment to this and I probably shouldn't do that. Whereas if it's like, oh, I just wanna get lean just to look cool, I'll have the fucking cookie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's sum it up. So, it's been a pleasure to to have you on. Um, it'd be nice to, it would be nice to get you on again for maybe some sort of uh, training information and, and kind of yeah. how you build it, working with one of the biggest in the industry, Jordan. Um, has, has kind of helped you, pushed you on. Um, obviously I don't want to make it too long because people start to lose track. So, um, Joe, honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, for the, listeners, for the listeners, stay tuned. Um, we will get Joe back I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to, to the coming episode. So Joe, once again,
1: thank you so much. And, uh, I'll catch you very soon. Please, thank you. Take easy, bro.